We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. So I'm here live with Raquel Diapis. No. Yeah. The actual way you pronounce it is with an Italian accent, but I can't do Diapice. It's like Diapice. But I can't tell people that it's because I was like, I don't speak Italian. So I was like, no polare. No, it, I don't even know what no. that says. I, 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 <laughs> no, I just read it. Poso, poi polare, poi polare, poso polare. I mean, I've, I've had two doing semesters. more language. I don't understand any Italian. Um, I can barely say my own last name. So sure. It's yeah. OK. I, my last name is some sort of colonized version of whatever the indigenous that, people were. The Europeans came and said, this will be your name now. Like, OK, yeah, yeah, I can spell it. It works. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't get that mad at people spelling or pronouncing it wrong when I was like, I'm pronouncing it wrong. So if you're pronouncing it like really wrong. But when I'll people like, bring you up, it's Raquel de Apice. De Apice. I de Apice. say de Apice. De Apice. But there are other people with the same last name who say it a different way. We're just all winging it. Right. All the Diapices, all right. seven of us, all I think, seven. in the world. All seven will have to Google. Well, we're here live, and uh, I'm excited. We, we did a show last weekend. I haven't seen you in so long. I mean, we both live in Jersey City. Yes. But you've had quite a journey. It's exciting to hear what's yeah. happened for you. Like, we came up together here in Jersey City, and then you had not one, but two children. Not one, but two. Right. That's I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, two is a higher number. Right. Well, but it's this, double the and amount. Then, and and I think the story I have in my head or that I hear for some female comics is like, oh, my God, if you have a kid, you're dead or your career is dead. But you've had a really interesting turnaround. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm still winging it. I feel like all the time. I think everyone's winging it, no matter what happens. On their last name, on their career, on everything. I think people with like 12 credits of late night and they're like, I'm still winging it. What do you mean you're still winging it? I think everyone has, I don't know. Um, But yes, I definitely going into having two kids. uh, Well, I didn't go into having two kids. I went into having (laughs) one kid and then the second one. Just, you know, that's the rule. You have a second one because it's the law. Um, But I spent a lot of time with uh, Katie Kampa because we were both having kind of minor breakdowns where she was like i'm 32 and am i ever gonna have kids and i was like i'm 32 and i'm having a kid and i'm sure it's a bad idea (laughs) um and we actually started a podcast for a while called kid life crisis um just because i feel like women on both sides of the spectrum are like i'm expected to do this and i'm running out of time and then women who are doing it are like i'm doing this and i'm not sure this was the right thing to do right um so it's kind of there is no good answer but yeah i definitely felt like i wanted to i don't know not mourn the death of my I had worked at stand-up for so long, and you're like, there's just no way that I can do this, I think. But, I, like, I'll try, but I don't – like, you just don't see how it's going to add up. Right, right. But then you kept a blog. I do. I actually kept doing stand-up for a while until I thought I was going to lose my – I mean, I got back on stage – I think I said it in my act – like, three weeks after giving birth, I started getting back up on stage. Um, but it was brutal because you're not sleeping at all. At all. Um, And so I still remember like going up and doing like two spots and then coming back to Jersey City. And I was so tired that I got onto, you know, the Grove Street uh, escalator that takes you out of the Grove Street path. And I got onto the escalator and I was just standing there. And it was like maybe half a minute or whatever before I realized I was not on an escalator. I was just on the stairs. (laughs) This was like one in the morning and I'm just standing on the stairs. And I was like, wow, I'm really so you're just sitting at the bottom of, of the stairs no i was standing i was like holding the railing like you do on an escalator responsibly waiting for it to take me up <laughs> and then i was like okay like maybe i need to like step back 
and sleep for more than two hours at a time. Like, there's a reason that that's what they use to torture people. It is right. torture. Right. Um, and yeah, that was when I was like, okay, I need to figure out another way forward because this is not sustainable. Right, right. And what, but you were keeping your blog. You started writing. I started the blog after that. I I was really hesitant to start the blog because you know when you feel like the last thing the world needs is another parenting blog. Um, and you're right, it is all that is also true. Um, but well, no, maybe with the, the last thing is a lifestyle blog, but the second to last thing <laughs> is a, a parenting life, a blog. Lifestyle I don't blog. even know, but it's fine. I mean, but there, but in every genre, there are some that are good and. Um, I, a lot of comics who had done it, uh, Karen Castiglia was really helpful in kind of, I had no idea what I was doing. And she was like, you know, you can't just use any images off the internet. And I was like, oh no, I did not know that. Um, uh, you would be amazed oh at God. the depth of my ignorance. Um, so she was super helpful and took me through so many steps. There was a comic named uh, Jason Good who had done it. A while. He had also become a dad, I think had started blogging and had done pretty well. Um, and he was very helpful up front. Uh, and just saying, like, do it as often as you can. And so I gave myself a deadline where I said, I'll give myself, I think, three or four months. And if it seems like it's doing well or going somewhere, I'll keep writing. I think I managed to do it like three times a week. Um, but if it's not, I'll try stand up again or I'll try something else. Um, but just giving yourself like a set, like, all right, here is this amount of time for, I think it was four months. I don't remember. And I think I it did well, like right at the end of four months. Like I was just under wow. the wire. Wow. Um, and what was the did well? Like someone I, well, I had a, I had a couple that started to do like more well where you, you were like at first you're just like your friends are like, this is great. And you're like, you're just being nice. You don't even have a kid. You don't care. But I mean, <laughs> the people were very, very nice and friends would share the posts and whatnot. And then in the fall, there were a couple that I would get someone would reach out from a, a magazine or ask if they could publish this somewhere else or if they could link to it from whatever. Um, and then in December, I had a piece that went super viral. And it was a really dumb piece about a, a Christmas list for a 10-month-old because if you have it, everyone's like, what can I buy your 10-month-old? And you're like, nothing, because they don't care. Like, all they want to do is eat the leaves off plants. Right. Um, and everyone's like, can I spend $50? And you're like, what if you spent no dollars? What if you spent no dollars to buy nothing for this kid who doesn't want anything? But every, like, what you want to be is like, what you could do is you could pay someone to watch the baby so I could sleep. You could watch the baby so I could sleep. You could pay for a vacation so I could go very far away for a long time. But the last thing the baby needs is like a, a play center when he, you know, he doesn't care. Right, um, right. And so the list was like, just here, you know, Sandy is what I want for Christmas. I want the toilet paper that I try to eat every day. I want <laughs> the glasses that I tried to pull off the face of a random UPS guy who came to the door. I want, um, and it did really well. I mean, I think on my blog alone, it got like six million hits and then it also i at that point gave it to HuffPost and slate picked up so i don't know how well it did there but it did right, very right, well right. and then through that other stuff came which was really helpful wow wow but yeah it was a setting i mean i think like some comics that they're just like i'm gonna get up x amount of times every week i mean there i remember once someone getting up like eight times in a night or something crazy he was just like jumping from mic to mic and it's like all right if you put in that amount of time and you're just like okay i'm gonna there's, it's not a guarantee that everything's gonna go well but you'll definitely get better faster if you're doing it that often right 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 you just sort of get into this momentum and you're just I mean, it's, yeah. it's a I think it's a mix between the momentum and just like the 
you're obviously going to do a lot of things there. I have a lot of blog posts that are bad. Um, but if you just do enough of them, there's just a better chance that some of them will be good. Um, I always, there's a quote that I really like and I feel bad that I don't know who said it, but it might be Ray Bradbury, but don't quote me that it's Ray Bradbury. Um, but it was a short story writer and they were like, write a short story every week because it's really hard to write 52 bad short stories in a row. Um, which is true. I mean, you could probably write 51 bad short stories in a row, but like there's a really decent chance that you're going to have at least one that's going to be like, oh, there's something there. It's, and if you just do it often enough, which is easier said than done when you have a, a baby who is, uh, that's a disaster, that part, if you have a baby at all. Um, right, right. But yeah, so that is what that is. That's great. How did you decide to even do stand up? Like, what, what was like your. It's, was there a moment? Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I don't, I always assume I'm like, it's the same story as it is for everyone, isn't it? But I don't think it is. I don't know. I always loved it. Um, when, when we first got cable, when I was a young teenager and I, I got it originally because I wanted Nickelodeon because my friend had it, which was also why I got Nintendo with an ice <laughs> climber, which was my favorite game for a ice while. Climber. It's such a bad game. You like climb this weird tundra and then you go into outer space and collect vegetables and then you're carried off by a pterodactyl and you're like what was that person on <laughs> um but yeah the my friend had ice climb and they had so i got cable because well, i didn't get cable. my mom was like okay we can get cable uh because i wanted nickelodeon and then i discovered comedy central was like on our diet it was like very close to nickelodeon and it was in the early 90s when there were just all these stand-up shows and i don't I, it's like that thing when you find that thing that you love. You don't know why you love it, but I would just watch. There was one that was like hosted by Richard Lewis, one that was roast, hosted by Laura Keitlinger, um, and everyone was either great or they weren't that great. And you're like, oh, they're not that great. I could do that probably, even though you're wow. 13, you can like barely. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I would just watch those obsessively. Um, it was like all I would watch. My mom, uh, no, my dad had rented once when I was very young, uh, Robin Williams Live at the Met, which was, and I knew him from like the kids movies that I watched. And I was like, oh, wow, he just does this. This this looks like really fun. Right, um, right. I remember seeing once, I think it was Paula Poundstone at Harvard performing. And like literally by the time she was done performing, it felt like she had just brought the whole audience as a bringer show because they just loved her so much. Um and yeah, I was just like in awe of those those people. Uh, and yeah, I just always wanted to do it. And then it was just a matter of eventually getting up the nerve. Yeah, yeah. Is it similar for you, or what did I do? I um, they had a talent show at co- in college, in the next to the laundry room. Everyone sat. <laughs> So you're standing in That's the laundry the, room? like a right. sad college town. Right. Yeah. It's next to the laundry room. Just when you're right, done right. watching yeah. your No, you're, I think everyone was sitting like, there's, we're walking out of the laundry room into the doorway, and everyone's just sitting on the floor in the work area. Uh, I went to FIT, so it's a design school. So there's all these big tables for like whatever, sewing and draping and pattern making. So I'm just standing there in this doorway, and I'm fucking killing it. And I thought, oh, my God, I have a superpower. I'm like, I was so that high. And, of course, the thing is, I guess that the gift is I killed the first time because it's a long slog. Yeah. You know, I lived in the little bubble of FIT. So I knew, you know, you kind of know all the kind of lingo or Mm -hmm. inside, whatever. And then I got booked. (laughs) You'd be great. I'll give you 50 bucks. You do this lunchtime. You know, this is I'm a kid. I'm like, okay, I'll go do this thing. And it was the work. It was like 
wood paneling, fluorescent lighting mm-hmm. hanging from this, in this cat. Oh, wood paneling. You know, but it's like, a, you know, and all these like kind of thuggy bro, bro, bro rooms. So the two guys went up before me were like, you know, saying just like the things you could never say. Even now, be like, you, dude, you can't do that. It's like spe- making jokes about violence against women and talking about female genitalia. And it's I was, always the best. Right? It's always, it's and always I was, crazy. And they went up first. It was like a Dice Clay knockoff, then Eddie Murphy, and then like me. You know, flow, like these knockoffs and then me, like the flowered drum thug. It was horrible. Oh, man. And I wasn't like gay, 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 gay. Like, hey, guys, I just was up there and I didn't talk about assaulting women the minute I got on stage. And they're like, kill the faggot. Get off. And there was like some guy chasing your chair. I mean, it was just it was traumatic. Oh, my God. Did you stop temporarily after that? Well, I I just keep power through. And I remember like. Just hot, sweaty, kind of doing a Matrix move to dodge whatever I think he was trying to do and hit me. I, I, you know, it's very like, did he swing at me? Am he swinging? Am I moving? Am I? And the booker didn't do it. I mean, because I just remember taking the money from the booker. He's like, you did great. I'm like, <laughs> and I ran down the fire escape. And like, I, I didn't do it for like 22 years. Like, 22 years after that. Yeah. I just, you know, I was like a backup dancer or showgirl for this celebrity comedian. I was a costume designer, but I didn't get on stage alone. I had no problem being someone's backup, but my own. I mean, I did theater and a solo show. Yeah, which is similar, but not exactly the. Right, right. But it was sort of like closeted stand up. I'll just sneak in some funny things, but I don't have to be in front Mm -hmm. of a room of people, you know, at gunpoint. There's no pressure. It's right. the, if you want to be funny, you can, but you're someone giving a speech. So, you know, jokes are extra. Right, right, right. It's like, oh, surprise, I slipped that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> which, of course, I was like, which is, I'm sure, one of the jokes that the comics on that show told also. Right, um, right, right. But yeah. No, okay, so you took 22 years between that and... Oh, my God. Just because when you were saying that, I was like, oh, this would have put me off for a little while. So, yeah, 22 yeah, years yeah, yeah. is like a there, nice... And there was no, like, it gets better. There was no, you know, back in those days. Because like... it doesn't. <laughs> So why did you lie? But that first tie kept me like when I came back, I'm like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just doing it every day. I just did it every day. But you went into that first time just being like, I haven't done this. I'm just going to kind of wing it like we were saying before. Wing it. And it was like, oh, my God, I have a superpower. I'm Spider-Man. I didn't know. That's great. It does kind of feel like that when it goes well. Right. So you, 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 you did it. Yeah. I mean, I and this I think the same thing where I took a. I was so terrified for so long. Um, and I took a class at American Comedy Institute. Oh, um, my God. With some guy who had a, a small beard and glasses. And I don't remember his name. Right, um, right, 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 right. It's a long time ago. But, yeah, it was a very long time. But Printed it was, in backstage or whatever. I think the internet existed. Oh, it did. It's a very nice rudimentary type of internet. And I may have found it through there. It was okay. one of the seven like a, like websites. An, like that an it, AOL website. Yeah. Um, <laughs> AOL members dot. Da, 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 but no, da. I did. And it was one of the, not like this, not like a bread, but you were like, and I was the best one in the class, which is not hard because the other, everyone else was not really like, I want to be a comedian. Everyone else was like, I'm an anesthesiologist and I want to put my patients at ease. And they were like, all right, we're going to do jokes about passing gas. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, no, I'm going to bet. This is going to be my career. Um, and yeah, obviously, when I look back at that tape, I want to burn it. But at the, I was like, of the performances there, it was the best. Like the jokes, at least, sort of had a punchline. I mean, right, I'm right. being very well. Generous. It's like a baby. It sort yes. of can walk. It's, it it got a, it got to the other side of the room somehow. Yeah, I mean, I like I I'm very bad about putting tapes up on stage because I'm always like, it's not good enough. I don't like it. But unfortunately, there is one tape of my stand up 
online and it's from like i think i was like three years in and it's the same thing whenever you watch it you're like oh this is kind of painful to watch but like they are jokes it's like you can see the shape like a baby you're like i can see the shape of the baby like there's where the head would be and there's where the punchline would be if it were really fleshed out but obviously it's not really a punchline but it will be in nine months like if you keep at this right yeah it's just very but yeah, you're just like, I can see something there, but, you know, just uh, work on it for a while. We're right, not going right. to book you at the comic strip yet. Right, right, right. Now, how did, uh, how is it writing for Morgan Spurlock or John Oliver? Like, how did all those things? Those just came out. Uh, those just, you know. Which, the, you know you it? Um, I just put it on my, on my uh, Amazon. I just ordered, you know, two, it's two incredible shows. Through, through friends that I met doing stand-up who would tell me about opportunities and because I had written the blog and I had had a lot of success with the blog and that had led to both paid writing opportunities and I had gotten two books out of the blog so I wrote two so it was just I had a I had more of a resume that was like look I I wrote and people gave me money and it did well um and I don't remember when I had the call with Morgan Spurlock they were specifically looking for like a joke writer just to do joke lead-ins um and yeah, I don't, I don't know why they, they were just like, give us some jokes. And I was like, all right, here's some jokes. And they, yeah. One of those things where you're like, I don't know why they hired me. Whenever everyone is like, all right, we're, we're going to yeah, let go of you. You're like, oh, I know every reason why a person would have let me go. I'm bad at this job. I've been let go from so many administrative positions. I can't explain. Um, but you're like, you're right. I was terrible. But whenever anyone hires you for anything, you're always like, Why? Why'd you pick me? I'm pretty sure I'm terrible. Um, but thank you. I'm going to do the best job that I can. But I don't know. Like, I question your judgment. But thank you very much. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. So, they, I got to work mainly from home, which was really helpful because I had two, the two kids that I was continually keeping alive through this. Um, but I could go in and watch the taping of the podcast if I wanted to. Um, yeah. And it was just that was my first experience with news jokes and writing about things that were not immediate experience um i remember once where he was i had to write like a lead into a joke about god the the rohingya massacre uh i know it's a jet so you're like it has to be very general where you're just like i Wait, don't know a joke about well like a joke lead in because they wanted to discuss the topic and they're like can you think of like a funny way to go into this and i was like well really no um <laughs> and i don't but i came up with two that were like passable where it was so general that i was like here's a very general thing that could lead into this but that isn't it was such like a weird fine line to walk um but it was good experience to to try and do that where you're like i have to help people like stay upbeat but you have to acknowledge the severity of the situation um yeah Yeah, i don't know i don't see like like Anderson Cooper doing a tight. No, no, no one's going to type anything on that. But I mean, it's, it's, and then that's the same thing that it was at John Oliver. It was like, here's a very sad story. Um, but in this clip that we have to write about that's very sad, you know, there's a guy wearing a very funny red hat. So can you talk about the funny red hat? And then you can sometimes. Right. We just flip it or distract or yeah. diffuse. Yeah. I mean, which was, it was interesting. It was, I mean, it was. Because all the blogging stuff and the book stuff was all just comedy about having a kid. And it was it was very like, this is like the heart of thing. It's ve- this is very bad, but, you know, it's not that bad and you'll live through it. And then this was like stuff that was very, very bad. And you couldn't really, I don't know. It's like you can't really go into how bad it is. So it's, it's, it's jokes that seem like they're sometimes more skirting the issue. Right. But I feel like John Oliver... 
I don't know. It's a good balance because he's he's in there doing no totally. He's doing a rant, and then he just doesn't. You kind of put enough spice, mm-hmm. kind of ha ha, in there to keep it going, so we don't all jump out the window. <laughs> no, no, they were they were very great. I mean, with every story I saw going in, where they were like, all right, it has to have like enough comedy to make it like bearable, but it has to have enough information so that people understand like fully if it's just jokes and you haven't actually taken anything away from it it was i mean just from a very selfish perspective it was really good for me to do because i i had a really horrible add and i didn't really learn anything in school and having to read so much on a topic and like kind of break it down and outline and then write about it to explain it to other people is like the best way to learn stuff for me and I'm right, like, right. The, the topics that I worked on I was like I know so much about and I'm so much more comfortable with that knowledge than anything I ever learned in school which is nothing I don't right. think I learned anything. Do you, so are you diagnosed ADD or you just feel like it was just hard to f- yeah to, oh, not okay. ADHD I'm not hyperactive but yeah I not until I was an adult unfortunately um wow. I think there was kind of more of a stigma when I was a kid um right 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 I but, mean but now you found a way that I mean, no, it, it was wonder. I mean, because I really love learning stuff. And again, this is not the reason to get a job and be like, I want to learn. <laughs> but like, it really does help. And it's like, if you want to learn anything, like try teaching it to other people. And it's teach it to other people through a joke. <laughs> I mean, through a joke, ideally, because that's also funny. It helps joke writing. But I mean, just to teach them in general, to, to, to explain things and to break it down so it's understandable. So how does it work when you're working on something like that? Are you remotely taking one topic are you in a room of people are you virtually in a room are you all kind of spitballing um no it's it's a sometimes you would have one big topic that like two or three writers will work on and then sometimes you'll have a big uh like a, a writer's room where you're all just punching up everyone's jokes right right so someone says oh well you know you should take it stick that red bag in the window and you're like no you should really stick it crash it through the window and then you kind of like pump it up pump it up until it's then you all go okay that's the joke yeah sure i mean or the the people in charge do Right. They say, well, we'll take this or you do you guys punch up and then they see it. Are they watching you doing or are you just like you're playing around and then they you, pers- you just send it to them. Oh, OK. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it's definitely a mix of working on your own, which is where you learn more stuff and then just punching up jokes, which is just more joke writing. But yeah, it, I definitely it's, I wish I could. I wish I had the self-discipline to just do it at home. Be like, I'm just going to write one of these pieces at home to teach myself about whatever news story is happening, because, yeah, it's such a great way to learn um and it's also been it kind of paralleled what i was going through with obviously with i have kids that are a little bit older now and you they can talk and not shit themselves all the time <laughs> all the time are, how old are they seven and one of them is seven and one of them is three oh, um, okay the seven-year-old doesn't shit himself the three-year-old still <laughs> sometimes is not. still in a classic but it, it's a that's also a thing where you're constantly trying to teach them everything we're like this is what the whole world is but you have to break it down based on what they know and there's so many times when i see people trying to explain something to kids using adult language and i want to be in the background being like they don't know what you're saying they don't know half the words they don't know the analogy you used everything you're saying is over their head and they've totally tuned you out um but bringing it down and being like hey like you know that jerk in the cafeteria this is kind of like if that jerk did xyz but in this country it's like this person did xyz and they're like Oh, so it's kind of like, like, it's a simplified version of what's really happening, but it's something that they can understand and latch onto so that they have a basic idea of what you're trying to explain to them. Um, Just because kids are really interested in stuff if you make it interesting and fun. I mean, that's a stupid statement. Obviously, kids are interested. Right, right, right. Um, But yeah, I guess I just see so many people uh, trying to explain or teach things to kids 
But it's a, it's a simil- it's a parallel skill, you know. It's yeah, a- I mean, yes, it just, it just I guess it came in very helpful both times. Maybe cut some of this. I'm just rambling. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, that's fine. That, but that's like the process. That's the process, and it's just interesting that. I mean, because there are viewerships that they're not all going to be at you know the super high comprehension level. So I think the the challenge and the the like the superpower is taking really complex information, translating it so that people understand the concept, but also making being able to make a joke is a whole other skill. Because just just creating news stories and kind of co- creating the content is 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 one thing, but then to actually make it so that. You, you know, you're taking you're taking listeners to a place that's like, in I don't know, enlightening, enraging, and entertaining at the same. That's that's a great that's a great skill to have. I mean, I think definitely. I mean, I I really enjoyed watching the show beforehand, but just enlightening and just yeah, the 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 comedy just makes it bearable. I mean, otherwise, I don't think people could handle all. Otherwise, it's just depressing all the time so it's just like you need at least one person who's kind of like a, a ringleader on stage who'll like keep a good attitude even when you feel like the world's falling apart and be like yeah sometimes the world is falling apart but let's try and like stay together here and and manage this as best we can so what's your big picture like what what else would you know what is it like if i gave you magic wand and you said boof this is how i want you know my what's my vision board for as a comedian as a mother as a wait as so a, you gave me a magic wand and I just made a vision board with it is a waste of a magic wand <laughs> I was like that's a dumb idea well no you made a you made a vision board to show me what it, you know just okay so, boom. so I I made the vision board and then once I have the wand I can make yeah yeah let's make it otherwise I was like well, don't that's a <laughs> I love it like, that's the ADD so you got every little detail better in there. things that you can do with the magic wand um so I gave you a magic wand what would you create like what would be unlimited like what do I want to create for myself what's my I don't know I mean I just really like writing things and I don't I don't know is the is the real answer because um after writing I was always like I want to write uh late night jokes and I did and it was fun uh but at the same time now I was like okay I it's it's very I don't know that now that's what I want to do forever. So I know I was talking with you about writing narrative stuff. So I spent a year like intensely reading a bazillion books and writing narrative stuff. And now I have a couple of spec scripts that I really like. So now I'm like, oh, I really like doing this. But honestly, I also really like doing a lot of other things. I don't know what I want in the end, but I really like writing. Um, sometimes I like writing jokes. Sometimes I like writing stories. I never liked writing scripts before, but now that I learned how to do it, I love it. Um, huh? Yeah. And it's, but I, if you had asked me two years ago, I would have been like, oh, no, I'm completely not interested in that. Before I had kids, I would have said I'm completely not interested in kids television, but I just finished a script with a friend for something that's for like age six to 11. Um, and I really like that also. So I don't, I, when I was younger, I said I would never write a novel and I've continued to not write a novel, um, but I'm reading a lot of them and they're good. And maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, this is terrific. I want to do this also. Uh yeah, I just I just really like writing and I guess I never know exactly who I'm going to be. I changed so much when I became a parent, which is obviously the stupid boring thing that everyone says but is still true and that's why everyone says it. Um so I'm like I didn't anticipate becoming exactly that person and I have no idea who I'll become as the kids get older and as I change. The one thing that I know is that I really like writing and I will continue because I'll do it even when no one's paying me. Um, when I started writing the blog, it wasn't a paid blog. You're just writing three times a week because you're, you're frustrated. I think I tend to write my best stuff when I'm angry, not like so angry that you want to murder someone. Cause then you just, you know, 
murdered them. But like right, when right, you're right, right. when you're angry enough that you're like you're right on the cusp where you're like I'm really upset about this and I just need to like shoot some darts out into the world. Um, and that's when stuff tends to turn out funnier. Right, right. Because um, so the, yeah. the rant kind of accesses other... I feel like the rest of the brain lights up when you're in rant mode. And then, oh my God, that was a punchline. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's so truthful and so mad and hurt and brilliant. But like, it, if you can get all that to happen in the same kind of... It definitely helps. I mean, I think a lot of my early, early stand-up was just very like... I had watched, I don't know, like Stephen Wright when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, this is... You just construct it like this. But there was no... Like passionate, I was like, "This is a joke, and this is the end of the joke." Right. I remember. I don't remember where we were. If we were at Pint, or if we were at Boots. Pint was such a wonderful mic. I but loved you, that but mic. You you lost it about something, and you were just kind of, and it was just, it just, I loved that moment. That's when I. That's what, like when I saw the rest of you. I was like, "Oh my god, she's fucking losing it!" Oh, this is great, and the room exploded. And I'm like, "That," but that's the beauty of finding that right to the edge of like my rage and I turned it into something funny for that. I think that was what parenting helped with where I was like, okay, I have a thing that I can be very angry about, not angry at the kids. Cause it's not their fault. I gave birth to them, but just angry at it into where you're like taking care of two people is very hard. And before that, I don't know exactly like, what was I upset about? I was upset that like I was weird or like I had acne. I don't know. They're like little things, but nothing that you could really rage about that I was furious about. Everything was either too big where you were too angry about it or too small where you're like, no one cares about your hangnails. So yeah, having kids was kind of that nice middle ground where you're like, really angry. I want to vent about this. A lot of people can relate to it. Unfortunately, they're not at comedy shows because they're all home and can't get babysitters. <laughs> but which is why the blog worked very well because they were like, well, we can read this on our phones at 2 a.m. Absolutely. Um, right, right. And so, yeah, it's just you need... I guess I guess writing helps if you can just manufacture that certain amount of anger at everything. Uh, if right, you can be right. X amount of Commercial, angry. Commercially accessible anger. Yeah. Just, I, need, I need it to be commercially accessible anger. But it, it does help when I'm doing a set and I feel like it's kind of going flat. I was like, but why am I mad about this? And I was like, oh, I'll tell you why I'm mad about this. And then, I don't know, I feel like even if the jokes don't hit as perfectly time-wise, it's like people kind of feed off the, the energy of it. Right. Um, so, yeah, being not like furious, but like kind of mad it really helped. I well, feel like because you're, you're engaged. Yeah. But because but, but, I also know that sometimes I watch a comic and they've got great jokes, but they're not all there. Yeah. Like they're not in the they're not in the original zone of why they wrote that joke. Mm -hmm. They're in the OK, this is like, you know, I don't I imagine Alanis Morissette. And she's going to have to do her jagged little pill one more time yeah. for the five millionth time. And like it was edgy when you first wrote it. But now. This is she's like I'm, I'm over it which right. is good when you do want to like Move I mean on. I think I even said well at the show and I did a small bit about my husband and I always say and I was like just for the record I was like I have a wonderful loving caring relationship which is why you've heard almost no jokes about him this whole time which is a great thing for mental well-being and he's so great and he's supportive of my writing he's always like yeah no do what you have to do and he's encouraging and when I'm like I'm gonna give up and get a job at Home Depot he's like that's a very stupid idea don't do that um <laughs> Which is wonderful for life, but very bad for, for material. For jokes, I was like, I have almost no jokes about him, because and because in the relationship, the very like the bad shitty one is me. I am the bad. Like, so if he were a comic, he would have tons of stuff about all the stuff that I do wrong because there is a lot of it. But he is not a comic. He's just a very patient, lovely person. Um, wow. Who lives with me? Wow. So you 
you made the right partnership choice. I did not comedically, Com- not comedically, but but yeah. But I always I feel bad because it's like, well, I know too. I I uh, I found material, but I realized like this might be a an omen for where the relationship's going. Like, oh no! When there's that many things to bitch about, you're like, wow, there are a lot of things wrong with this person. Uh oh! I'm like, oh, I think the universe is telling me something through my jokes. I should listen to my material. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I can't do 20 minutes on the fact that he forgets to refill the ice cube trays. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I could see that ending everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's and the thing is now he does because I was like, you need to refill the ice cube trays if you're using the ice. And he was like, OK. And then over the course of about two or three months, he like learned to do it. So I was like, fuck, now I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's very it's even boring to talk about. I was like, I don't want he's just a nice person. It's just a good relationship. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Parents. How are your your family? You said your family supported when you My got parents are also supportive. I know I was. You doomed. also I never it, had. A I love this. I love about you. You you we were ending. We were driving after like this is like we've been in the car. I don't know. Five hours round trip from a gig. And then you're like somehow the word Emmy came out. I'm like, what? Oh, I want to I want to get that story. Like no, it's just for the for John Oliver, I vote for them, and for the on the seasons uh, two thousand eighteen and nineteen, they won the Emmy. So because I am part of the writers, uh, the team of write what do you call it? writing staff? <laughs> because like, I'm whatever you call it. I there. also received <laughs> whatever I am. I got an Emmy with yeah. the team. That's I. It, I I have the just the biggest amount of imposter syndrome that you can have. So. I don't I don't even keep I have one I gave to my mom. So I was like, here, you can be proud of something. You put up with my doing stand up for all those years. Um, and yeah, and I keep the other one to to be like, look, I got hired by this show and I should not give up and get a job at Home Depot. But, it, you know, some days Home wow. Depot looks pretty promising because wow. it's close and I could walk there. And I don't know why I have that as like my backup place. Is that like your escape? There's an escape valve. of like I'm actually I'm... going there after I tape this. <laughs> I I like to build things. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, so I have them because of the show, but it doesn't, that, so whenever people are like, oh, if I just hit this level, I was like, no, nothing. If you have this stupid, imp-, I was like, you will never believe that you, and everyone's like, why don't you just submit to this? You'll get this because of this. And I was like, no, I won't. I was like, I'm not even sure Home Depot is going to hire me, honestly. I don't wow. have enough So experience. when you say imposter, just define imposter syndrome. So you don't believe you actually got the Emmy? You don't believe... No, no, no. no. You, where you're just like, you're like, oh, well, everything was a fluke. Where you're like, oh, the blog was like a weird fluke because I... Because, I don't know, everyone really liked this one entry and then yeah, you're... 10 million people liked it, but whatever. I mean, just... <laughs> right, but right. You... But, but I think of I think a lot of a lot of comedians and a lot of creative people, it's like it's never going to fill that hole. No, like, The hole never... that led me to doing this is not going to be filled by doing it. Yeah. Right. It's like the fire. I can't put the fire out by putting water on this because the fire is somewhere else. It's coming from deeper inside the building. I have no idea where the fire. But I was just like, yeah, no, it is. Whenever people I was like, oh, you want to talk about imposter syndrome? I love doing that because I have the best case of it. I am. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to elaborate on it because I obviously don't know that much about it because if i pretended i don't oh my god just just cut all i can't no 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 so here's Ugh. the thing but i know for myself like my parents pushed me as a kid you know we're like super overachieving asian we have to get every like, i won the americanism award i won the spelling bee i was math team champ what is the americanism award in my small town they were like this outstanding citizen blah 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 exemplify yeah but it's like it's same imposter syndrome as a kid i'm like uh, well if they knew i was gay well if they knew that i was i i did get one problem wrong i mean it didn't really matter it was like i was so 
you know, physically, emotionally beaten by my parents to be perfect. Like they're like so strict that the story I had was like, I don't, I'm not really worthy of any of these things anyway, but I'm working hard. I get them all because I really have this work ethic of like survive. You're going to get spanked. I would get them and then we'd have to put them away because no one's going to like you if you have these things. So I had to hide them. But then but it was like this weird cycle. Like, well, I'll just keep generating and not feeling, generating and not feeling and not appreciating it. But that's going to make me better, right? So there's somewhere out there is this, but the, you know, but the, the math is wrong. It's like I'm just going to keep generating, but I keep taking away what I'm getting. Yeah, I, it, I don't know how to, I mean. I, I don't know if that's yours, but I'm just saying that's why I don't. It seems to help it. focusing on, I mean, which is why I said throughout the whole thing, the one thing that I know is that I like writing and I will keep doing it regardless of what right. else I'm doing. Um, and that is like, I really, enjoy, where people are like, it's so hard to sit down and write. And like, it is also what I understand that, but I was like, I also love it. And I, I could just, it's the one thing that I can sit and focus on. I can sit for like eight hours and just wow. write without, like, I love it so much. Um, even though it's hard to actually sit down and do it. But once you do it, it's fantastic. I think of you as a knitter, like a writing, a literary knitter. Like oh, okay. Sit, I was like, like, oh, no, no, I tried knitting. I'm very bad. No, no. Um, but, I, but I think of you, like the way you talk about it, I see like these, something in your, in your, in your brain or your head is like, just like, you're just that kind of sit there for eight hours is like, to me, is like knitting. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just, I'm like, to me, knitting is so boring. Everything that comes out of it is very pretty, but I'm just. Right, right, right. But to, just, I But kinda... I guess the knitting, I think of like it being very repetitive. And with writing, I'm like, no, you can make anything. Right, um, right. And right. like, it's not like a Home Depot kind of make where you need like glue or anything. Like, you can just make it. And then you can go back and change the whole thing and you can, you can make literally whatever you want. And then I have to the point where it's like, sometimes people will pay for them, which is amazing and wonderful. Um, but yeah, I don't. That that's the one thing that I know I like. I love writing. I'll keep doing it. I don't know in what form because it keeps changing. But I mean, I guess that's good because sometimes you're like, oh well, I like doing this, but then this market dried up for this. But it's like, okay, I also like writing these magazine articles or this um, a book about X Y. I I'm writing a kids book right now also because um, I randomly have a kids book agent, even though she helped me with my other books, which were not kids book. But she's like, I also do a bunch of kids book. And I was like, great. So what are the names of the books? How can people follow you, find you? What are your handles? And what were the names of the books? Uh, the books are uh, Welcome to the Club, 100 Parenting Milestones You Never Saw Coming. Um, that is the main one. And that's the one that I usually, because the other one is more of a like an interactive baby book of the same they're both called welcome to the club 100 parenting milestones that you never saw coming one is an interactive baby book um that's like a little more realistic it's less like taping your baby's first hair and it's like tape in the first gray hair that you found after you only slept for two hours or whatever stupid <laughs> thing um but the illustrations are very cute and i also made all the illustrations um but the first one is just it's a list of a hundred of the milestones that happen to every parent but that people now they're starting to talk about them more, but people would never acknowledge that these happen to almost everyone. Um, and so I'd see parents freaking out because their kid like rolled off the bed. And I always wanted to be like, everyone's kid rolls off the bed. That's just, that's a thing like losing a tooth. Like you didn't do anything wrong. Like absolutely. At some point when you were watching this kid 24 seven, they're going to roll off a bed and maybe they will get a concussion or usually they're fine. But like, that's very normal. Um, here there's that moment when you first have your kid where you're like, Oh my God, did I make a terrible mistake which is the worst thought to have because you're like oh i don't know i can never tell anyone this um but i, I don't remember exactly how i put it i was like it's not you saying that your kid is a mistake it's just your brain going like 
was I not totally ready for this? Which you definitely weren't. No one has. Who is? No one. How has would you ever be been. ready for a kid if you've never had one? But it's it's the amount of not readiness that when you start, you're just like, oh, I, the the did I make a mistake? Is you going like, did I get in over my head? And like the answer is yes, you did get in over your head. But <laughs> it, the answer is also that it's okay, and like you're the kid is going to be okay, and you will probably be okay. This is a super intense time. Um, and yeah, I really I wanted to write something that was short. The book is the thing that I think that I'm the most proud of and the thing that I'm happiest that I could get out there um, because it was written to be short because parents don't have a lot of time to read at that time. Um, and that is just very honest. And it's just, look, here are all these things that are going to happen to you. Um, and it's OK. And it's fine. And I really wanted other people to know that. Uh, I Someone once asked, like, what kind of stuff do you want to write? And I again, I couldn't pick. And I was like, I don't know. I like writing everything. But the two things that I could narrow down is that if I can, I like writing things that are funny. I'd prefer to write something that's funny than something that's not funny. Um, and I would ideally like to write something that is helpful. Um, so even if there's like a, a field that I really wanted to be in, if the thing that I'm writing is really not helpful or actively making things worse, I'd rather not do it, even if I have the chance to be funny. Um, but if I have the chance to be funny and any kind of helpful, helpful in explaining some bigger news article or some concept or something to a kid um or just helping a parent who yeah anything that i've written that i think is really helpful i'm usually proud of huh great so now what's what are your handles and what's your website so people can find you what are your handles um my handles are the ugly volvo almost everywhere because that was my the ugly uh, volvo your first your first AIM car. name um it was also my first <laughs> yeah, car yeah. it was that was where we were all like oh look AIM, let's come up and then i came up with that and then i made it my blog i don't know why i made it my blog it has nothing to do with having kids but i was like well it's already my you know my college aim name so <coughs> i don't know looking at it now it really makes no sense why i picked that uh i don't have a volvo now <laughs> hey i know you picked me up in a completely different car i'm like oh this is not a volvo but yeah i'm the ugly volvo at twitter uh if you follow the ugly volvo facebook page which got a bunch of followers even though i never put anything i think what i'm saying is i follow these things that i never ever post to uh i have the ugly volvo at instagram which i actually take off my phone so i don't lose time on it but then when i go on vacation i go oh instagram and then i re-put it on my phone put a bunch of pictures and then i take it off my phone again because i can't scroll through that all the day life is too short right um but it's good to have it so people can find you find your book you can if you find the book uh yeah, find, please find your blog. Find the book. The blog is also the Ugly Volvo. Everything is the Ugly Volvo. Literally everything. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. Those are all my handles. I should post on social media. I did not, Instagram. I don't know. I'm old, and Instagram is not even the young person's thing. They right, like TikTok. something else. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I six year olds who are doing TikTok now. It's oh very. My God. I know. My son's friend is very into it. She gets very excited. She was like, three people watched it, and I was like, that's great. <laughs> like definitely your mom three times but i love you so much you're so cute um yeah it's very weird uh yeah i'm sure at some point when i get a tiktok account it'll be the ugly volvo or tiktok of course someone's gonna take that now and just do like i don't know promo stuff for volvos uh, uh i don't know if i can promo i don't know i don't know if i'm allowed to have the name the ugly volvo it has a, a brand name right in it uh but oh. no one has shot me yet so I haven't right. said anything really bad about... I never talk about Volvos at all. When I do, I have positive things to say about them. Right, um, right. I guess we'll find out. If not, we'll yeah, have to be... Yeah, I guess uh, we will, huh? For uh, What would you do? You have to be the ugly Volvo type? you know? I don't know. I love when I, people are like, the ugly Volvo? And I was like, no, that's also ugly. But like, no, that's not the name. But thanks. Volvo. 
Volvo. Like the car. The car. car. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you and great to hear your story. It's very neat to have a microphone so I can hear how my voice sounds. I already know that I'll hate it, but at least I know... The way that I'll hate it. So it won't right. be a surprise. When, like, you already know the quality. and I won't the, be like, that the... was how I sounded. It was terrible. I'll be like, I know my voice sounded terrible, but I'm okay it, with that. And you're not surprised. No. I, I know what I'm getting into. Um, this will be a hundred milestones knowing you just did a podcast with a headset and earphones. It's it's really... And also the super... Like the hot pink covers are very fancy. Yeah, I just thought do some colors. Couch with the zebra stripe throw blanket. This is like... This is a lot for me. Yeah, there's a lot of color happening. Yes, there's a there's, lot of color like, happening. Every color I can think of I put in this room. For so. this podcast that picks up color. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's all... It's excellent. Well, normally there is a camera. We did no camera this time. I, which I appreciate very right, much. Right. Where I was like, no camera. Is there a possible way to do no audio on the podcast? And obviously people are like, <laughs> no. Like you need... I'm like, what if I just did like a soft hum for 30 minutes? Because I don't like hearing my own voice or seeing my own face. People be like, you could maybe just not come in then. Um, I'll be like, I'll just write you a, a long email and then you can just do whatever you want. With you can read that aloud. Right. I just read it. Right. Right. Like yeah. a transcript. Now, I could use your headshot and just have the headshot and say, do hey. I have it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I have um, your headshot. Yes. Okay. Then go ahead. Okay. Fine. Yeah. That was lovely. Um, you have a very lovely place and I was able to find parking, which is my favorite right, thing about right. doing any podcast. Right. It's the best thing about where I live in Jersey City. There is parking. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, for more information, you can go to WTYPod. That's WTYPOD.com. You can also go to iTunes, give us a review, uh, and there'll be links also in the meta for this so you can find her book. You can go to her, her uh blog website and, and follow her thank you so much it was so great to have you thank you so much it's a comedy journey 